Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. And that's whether you are working or not. By the way, this episode today is brought to you by... The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook and a free resource that you can download at jobseekersradio.com. In today's show, we talk about balance. Balancing cultural fit and the urgent need for income. Not uncommon. Very common. Both of us have had situations where income was... Necessary. Very, very necessary. Isn't that interesting? I think that's true of most of our listeners, too. (laughs) Income is necessary. It's just the urgency that may or may not be really a driver. For some people, I I think of one person that I know who decided to move to Portland. For whatever reason, he was between jobs, and he and his family decided to, to move all the way across the country to settle here in Portland. Income was not really something he needed urgently. He had enough in savings that he knew he'd be safe for a while. Still, it doesn't last forever. He wasn't in the 1% that isn't able to to spend all the money he's making on interest. So, you know, a a job is needed. But then I was also talking to someone recently who is badly underemployed at the moment and she is running out of money. And so the 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 need to get a full-time job where she's really supporting herself is urgent and she's finding herself looking at potential jobs that are beneath her skill set that pay less than what she's looking for and There's a lot of other stuff going on that really digs into her self-confidence. So that's part of what is driving this discussion today. Whether you're employed or unemployed, the need for money is real for many people. And if you have obligations and you're staring down at your bank account balance and you need a job, then take the next job that comes along. And there's really nothing wrong with that. I realize that nobody wants to take a job they're not going to enjoy, and I think that's a healthy perspective. In fact, I think that's healthier than those who say, oh, well, I can just work any job, and they don't really care. They, They may not care. As an employer, I want them to care. How do you balance that? I really think that this conversation begins with knowing what you want in the first place. What do you want in an employer? And even if you are feeling that urgency that you just have to get a job, it's critical that you spend the time to decide what is it that you actually want. Too many times I hear people talk about, oh, well, you know, I have transferable skills. I can work for anyone. It's not industry specific. And so why aren't they hiring me? And when I ask them, well, what do you want in a, an employer that, well, any employer is fine as long as... It, And I'm thinking, wait a minute. They haven't done any research. They haven't made decisions. They haven't documented any of their desires. How then can you express your enthusiasm for a job that you're applying for if you don't even know what you want? Take that time. What is it about the employers that you've enjoyed that helped you enjoy them? And even if, if you're the type where when you start, you love the company, and when you leave, you hate the company every single time. And I know that doesn't always happen that way. Let's just say that's worst case scenario. What were the things that you enjoyed when you began? Those are the kinds of cultural fit type of concepts that you need to be aware of. Why did it work for you? How did that fit your own style? How did that fit your sense of pace at work? Was it doing the kind of thing that helps you feel like, hey, I want to get up in the morning and do that some more today? If you are aware of those, now you can start matching the companies who profess those sorts of cultural concepts. And that is where this conversation begins. You've got to do that research. It gives you focus. It does. And 
if you are just going to be taking the next job that comes along, shouldn't it at minimum be ones that you've chosen, not ones that were forced on you? And if you look at the menu and you order from the menu, you're the only one to blame if you get indigestion, especially if you know when you eat that thing, you're going to be getting it. I mean, here's the thing, and I've seen this so many times, is that you choose which opportunities you go after. Even if you need work now that's beneath you, you still have choices. And even though there's probably millions of job postings and you're just going to hit them shotgun, which I don't recommend, no, it's probably better to identify the kinds of things that you stand for. I I heard it said once that uh, where you stand will ultimately determine where you sit. And where you sit will ultimately determine where you stand. And I I always take that with me as if I don't stand for something, then I'm going to sit where I don't want to sit. It's interesting to me because I have this conversation with someone, with people who really urgently need work. And they feel like I can't pick and choose. I have to take the next job that comes along. Well, you are picking and choosing. If you weren't, you would probably get that job, whether it's at the local grocery store or some other minimum wage, entry-level position. There are those jobs out there, picking fruit in the fields, whatever. We don't take those jobs because we're judging them, right? So you really are making a choice. Let's not beat ourselves up over that. There's a good reason why we're making these choices. You have your reasons, stick with them. It's a much healthier position to be in. If you're looking at a need, it is an urgent need, you need to take the first job coming along, then it's also your choice to look at what that job can do for you that is positive. This is not your career goal to take a receptionist position. It's not your career goal to work at a McDonald's. So what? If you can find good things about Mm. that role that's going to bring the income it can be a gap job, the job you you take that will buy time to get the job you really want. There's still something positive you can get from that. And I've been there. I've taken those kinds of jobs. And the only time I ever left a job like that because it wasn't something that I could do was when that something was physical, when I physically could not sustain the effort needed. And this was a just a, an additional job that I was doing for a holiday income. And I physically just couldn't keep up the way I could have 25 years ago. With something else I learned from it that was very positive. Take the time you need Understand what income you need. What is this all going to look like? Then look at the positives that it can bring, whether you think you're above this job or not. Don't overlook the value of actually presenting your unique best self to the marketplace. Because what you're thinking and what you're feeling and the emotions that you have, if you're presenting that to the marketplace and I'll I'll take any job that comes along, then it's harder for me as a coach or even um, somebody who's a friend or anybody to help you. As a person who's, I don't know, fairly well connected in Portland, I'm not going to brag about it, but I know a lot of people. people. And I'm happy to introduce people to anybody. And you see this at Breakfast Club. We ask people, what, what is it that you want to do? We're not there to uncover their, their shame or, or to put them in a position of despair. It's to help them connect with what they want. It was really interesting. At one of the Breakfast Club meetings, there, there was someone there who was really feeling down because she hadn't gotten a good job in a long time. And she was coming to this group to, to get some new ideas. And I think you were the one that asked her the question, what she wanted to do. And she started to talk very specifically about the things that she really enjoyed doing. And she was a different person in that moment. 
she showed up completely differently with confidence and with a certain eloquence that if she could bring that into every conversation she ever had, I am convinced that she would have a job at this point, or she would have found one very quickly. She was in this mode of, I need a job. I need a job. Any job. And we couldn't seem to get to that sense of accomplishment and self-confidence in the same way after that one moment. So to your point, mindset is a lot. So as we're thinking of, you know, do I take this job? Well, look at it for what it offers. Look at the benefits. Take the, the gap job that you need. Don't stop networking. Keep that part of your efforts going beyond this job or career shift or whatever that is. Do I totally give up my career? Well, not if you feel that strongly about it. You may need to take a gap job. Keep networking. Not to talk about finances or anything, but you could always find ways to lower your cost of living. I know I've done it. I've gotten rid of automobiles that had large payments. I've, yep. you know, let's not overlook that side either is that if you're in a position where, you know, your burn rate is pretty high, you can always do things in some fashion to reduce the burn rate. I have a friend actually going through this right now whose car just broke down and it, the repair costs are beyond what he can pay. So he's in the process right now of choosing whether or not to keep the car. And he said to me that he could save almost $1,000 a month if he would give, give up the car. $1,000 a month. When you think about the gas the repairs that he's been putting Insurance. in. Yeah, he said he, he'd already put on a total over the last couple of years, 4000 on his credit card to pay for the repairs up. on wow. the car. And I'm thinking, well, that's a really hefty down payment. But of course, you know, you, you don't know what, what's coming up. And he doesn't have a car payment right now with this car. So, okay, I grant that. He could save 900 and something dollars a month if he just got rid of the car altogether. And... He just moved into uh, an apartment that is downtown. He's currently walking to work. He can walk to the grocery store. He can take public transit anywhere he needs to go. Why wouldn't you? Now, I understand one of the responses to that question is, well, I have my independence when I have my car. Totally get that. Do you need that independence or is that a preference? Because if it's truly a need, then you need to make sure that you're fulfilling that need. But if it's a preference, what are all of the advantages of choosing to get rid of that car? So now, all of a sudden, you've totally changed your income needs just by turning the key on one thing. And what you've done is you've created distance between virtue and despair. And you've, you've kind of separated these two things where it's like, hey, all I've seen is despair. Now I'm pushing that away and I'm seeing virtue. I'm seeing possibility. I'm seeing potential. Right. I'm seeing hope. And just these little things that you'd never thought would have that advantage to your, you know, I call it the spirit, whatever you want to call it, to your soul. I mean, each of yeah. us has one, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me that way, Andrew? Uh, no, it's, I, I completely agree. And it's giving yourself permission to make the choices you need to make without losing the hope that comes through that networking, looking through different lenses, and maybe it is taking a lower job. You're giving yourself permission to do what you need to right now so that things don't become a problem because you're ignoring them. And still, we come back to that idea, how do I balance cultural fit to the need for income when you are doing the things that bring you that sense of hope? You are far more likely to recognize 
the companies that are going to give you the things you need because you're in that headspace right now. And as you said before, if instead you're going to the interview table with, I need this job, I'm desperate, you're going to show up differently. They're going to read you differently. And having gone through interviews as long as I have, I'm telling you, you will show up differently. I will notice. I may not put my finger on it. You are not going to show up as your best, most confident self. Keep looking, keep applying, keep networking. Yes, it's a grind. We get yeah. that. And you can actually listen to all of the Job Seekers Radio episodes, and you're likely to get a little bit of understanding of how to build some resilience, how to use some of these tools we're talking about. If you haven't done so already, I would go back and listen to some of those episodes that we have where we highlight resilience and how do we build the muscle yeah. to stay with it. Uh, because it, it can be this escape, right? We're just trying to escape ho hopelessness or even helplessness or despair. Yeah. Over time, your standards of what a quality job is for you will go down as your needs for income increase. Yeah. And that means you're going to sacrifice your principles. And I, I see that happening. I, I know I've been in those types of situations myself. There's also something to be said. I can keep my standards. I can keep the things that I find most important to me. I can keep those at the forefront while still maybe taking that gap job or maybe taking, a, you know, getting into the company I wanted, but not really at the level or in the position that I wanted to. And that curtails my ability to get out and do as much networking as I did or to do the kinds, uh, have the kinds of conversations I've enjoyed in the past. What that does in my own decision making process then is to help me focus on keeping the quality of those networking conversations. Maybe it takes more effort to find them at the times that I'm able to do it. And that's okay, because I will keep my focus on what's important to me. Despite having a gap job, I'm still going to be able to talk to other people about what it is that is important to me, what drives me. And that is the part that doesn't change in terms of personal branding and having some kind of ability to talk about it effectively. It's not uncommon that many of our listeners can be their own worst critic. And it just perpetuates this disorientation or whatever you want to call it, where we need to really latch on to something I would refer to as despair avoidance principles. And, and maybe that's Maybe I just need to get out and exercise. Maybe I just need to do some different series of activities. Oh, yeah. I, I just saw a meme this morning that talked about how just getting out in nature makes people feel better. It, it helps their blood pressure. It helps their cognitive abilities just to take a walk through the woods. If you have some place where you can take that kind of walk, getting out and doing something that feels good will help you far more than just grinding through online applications hour after hour. You may think that's counterintuitive. In our experience, it isn't. We see the benefits of it all the time whenever we're talking to somebody who uses them. It helps you maintain some sort of discipline, consistency, resilience, all those qualities that we talk about when we're in a situation like this. Yeah. I think about the book, The Power of Now, and the focus on what is happening right this minute. You can't do anything about the past, and you actually can't do anything about the future. I laugh because, of course, we all plan for the future to some degree. The only thing you can actually do something with is what's happening right now. The question then in this book is, 
Is it really a problem? If it's a problem, that's what you deal with. If it isn't a problem, now you have choices. That by itself puts us in a different frame of mind that actually the hopelessness may not be so hopeless. Yeah, is it really hopeless? Right. And we actually did an episode not too long ago about the questions we ask ourselves. And the quality of our questions are going to determine the quality of our outcomes and our mm -hmm. perspectives. Ask yourself better questions. It matters. And yes, you have not found it yet. You may not have found the perfect job yet. So don't think you're stuck where you are right. and that you're in a circumstance that can't be changed. And don't ask people for advice who only give you platitudes. Oh, that job is just around the corner. I find that to be incredibly frustrating. It's patronizing. Instead, talk to the people who actually challenge you, who ask you questions. Have you thought about this? Have you considered that? And do everything you can to keep from saying, oh, yeah, I tried that, but because you never know how it might change if you try it again. I tried that, and maybe I did it wrong. That would be a much better response than, oh, I tried that, I, it doesn't work. Or, yes, I tried that before, and maybe there's something I can do differently. To make an adjustment. To make an adjustment, Fine exactly. Tune, yeah. whatever it takes. Know that you have choices, and those choices will suggest empowerment. And when you feel empowered, you will make better choices. Choose, decide. These are great words. Make sure that you're doing everything you can to look at the choices that matter to you based on, in this case, cultural fit. But define that. Define what that is. Determine what the cultural fit is and then go look for it. It's not something that can be found always on the internet. And don't think that a company that doesn't do what your past companies do are out of bounds. It could be very well that what you do is done in some fashion within the company that actually possesses the qualities that you are looking for. Look there first. And talking about having some habitual activities like exercise or walking, if you enjoy doing research, you probably will really enjoy looking for those companies that fit your values, that create that cultural fit. If you're like me, where research is not necessarily my strongest suit, I have learned to enjoy that because now I get to find out about people because I'm not a process-driven guy. When I can find out more about the people side of a business, I actually am looking at this from a lens that excites me, that gives me energy. So right there, it's a different point of view, a different mindset. Speaking of people and process, that's why we created the anatomy of a networking conversation. For those of you listening to this episode and you're wondering what is this whole networking thing for jobs all about, we have a free resource for you available on our website, jobseekersradio.com forward slash 068. You'll get all the show notes and resources from that webpage. Can you believe that? That is really quite the bargain and it's free? Free. I love free. No charge. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We want to acknowledge your investment of time and your attention. We, we really are grateful for it. Head on over to iTunes if you're on iOS device, the iPhone, and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, just give us a quick rate and review. We appreciate the feedback, and we want to spread the message of what we're trying to do here on Job Seekers Radio, and would appreciate your efforts in, in making that a reality. Absolutely. And if you have questions, that's a good spot for, for questions as, too, as well. We enjoy doing those question-answer episodes, and there will be more of those in the future. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And in the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson, what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you. Make it happen, everybody. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.